Hey everybody, it's Mike. Just a quick word before we start this week's episode. We recorded this in the middle of Storm Debbie, as you would do. So, if you hear crashing and banging and thunder in the background, it is not our microphones, it is not your speakers or headphones. It is the thunder and rain that was hitting the roof of where we were recording. So don't worry, it's all good stuff. We survived the flood. Sit back, grab a brew, and listen to what is... The last of season ones, I don't know much, but... Everybody to this week's I don't know much, but with me, Mike, and my diminutive co-host. Oh Is this when you try and find a word again? I know I was struggling for a word. That Beautiful was in yellow. But yeah, it's very yellow. Huh? Like a giant buttercup. Carrie Ann, by the way, for anybody who's not listened before, her name's Carrie Ann. I forgot oh, to say yeah. that. She's, her name isn't diminutive or something. It's not like a. What does that mean? Dim- diminutive. Mm. Tiny wee pocket-sized. Oh, does it really? Yeah, diminutive. You can have that. We'll take, yeah, we'll take that one. I'm just pleased to be around anybody that's shorter than me. That looks like a buttercup. It's very nice. Mm. It's very nice. Yeah, it's like very it. you. It is very me. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. How's your week been, Mike? It's been really good. Mm. Yeah. Mad, mad busy. Mad busy. I seem to be living it out of my car at the moment. It seems to be... Are you eating in your car? No. Yeah, so you've not reached busy enough yet. <laughs> 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 Only when you're stuffing sandwiches down. There was some biscuits. Mm. Those biscuits, for those of you that listened to last week's episode, you'll be aware of the photographs of the biscuits. They've actually been on tour with me because I put them in the back of my car and forgot to tuck them, uh, forgot to tuck them out. I forgot I took them out. Yeah, but you didn't tell me that until I'd eaten one. You've probably got food poisoning now. <laughs> been sweating in your car all week and you were I'm just not, like, ah, I'll it's just not like I've let that. strangers lick them. Well... Have you had your eye on them the whole time? Yes. Okay, all right. Even when I go into pubs, yes. clubs, restaurants. <laughs> Just watch those biscuits for me. Churches. Mm. Places of business. How about if I'm ill? My biscuits and me are inseparable. Yes. If I get sick, no, it's on you. That'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, so I went to, because um, I'm a bit of a lover, went to the theatre mm. Friday night. What saw you watch? The Mousetrap, and I'm sworn to secrecy. The Agatha Christie play that's been running for 70 years. Oh. Yeah, so it was really good. So, nice. uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where was that? Floral Pavilion, New Brighton. Which is a cracking okay. little theatre. Right. Um, but it felt like a coon in there, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't think there was very few people, sort of like my age or younger. Um, what does that tell you about yourself? Yeah, no. Let's do some reflection here. I'm not old. Sure. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm, I'm not old. I'm not old. <laughs> It was really good. Um, Todd Carty was in it. Todd Carty, Tucker Jenkins. Oh God, I forgot you're like ten years younger than me. He was <laughs> in Grain. He was in Grain Jill back when I was a wee boy. And was he ginger? No, dark head. He was Mark Fowler and Sanders. Oh yes. Todd yeah, Carty. Yeah, yeah. Todd Carty. Yeah. And Kathy Shipton, who was Duffy in Casualty. I've never watched Casualty really, but if you'd have said Mark Fowler, I would have known. Yeah. Well. Away. Two people's off the tally. Yeah. Do like proper sort of 1950s Agatha Christie. Oh, amazing. So it was really fun, really good mm. murder mystery, all set in this 
this house that's been cut off by a snowstorm and it's kind of a, a whodunit. Ooh. It's not kind of a whodunit. It, it is, is a whodunit. And you're not allowed to say. It is the original whodunit. No, they, 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 they do the play. Yeah. And then uh, at the end, they come on, take their bows, take their encores, and then go, basically go, you're now part of this murder conspiracy. You are not allowed to tell anybody. And they've managed to get away with that for 70 years. Hang on a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So you don't find out who did it? No, you do. The reveal at the end. They go right. through the entire play. Oh, but, but you're not allowed to tell. You're not allowed to tell because you'll ruin it for people who are going to exactly. see it. Exactly. Got you. So they do the curtain call at the end, oh. and they, and they, they, they come out and go, you know, bow, bow, thank you, thank you, yeah. and then but please don't tell anybody. And you haven't. No. What even all. tell me? No. Not at all. No, because if I tell you now, all our thousands of listeners. That's true. You'll be responsible for the collapse of a seventy-year-old show. Single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Yeah, I don't want to do one of those embarrassing body things where they go, I've come to embarrassing bodies because I can't go in front of a doctor and show you this, this horrible growth that I've got. But in front of these millions of viewers on primetime TV, I'll, tell I'll you. happily whip it out. Yeah. I took a turn, Mike. We've gone down a path there. <laughs> 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 From agriculture to embarrassing bodies. Whipping out embarrassing growth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was good. So it was really good, but okay. yeah, no, we don't. And yeah, it's been on. The, it's been in the West End in London uh-huh. for like seven, genuinely seventy years. This is the seventieth anniversary tour, so the bobbing all uh-huh. over the country. And then a little road trip. Little road trip at the weekend, mm-hmm. which is always good. Guess where I was? Go on, guess. You'll never guess. Go on. Hey, almost by any chance. <laughs> I might have been. Tiny little cottage by any chance. Yep. Was there tiny little dogs there by any chance? Yep. Was there nobody else there by any chance? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just me again doing my thing. Yeah. It was great. Can't say I blame you. No. But I think both of us, and we've talked about this already, mm. we've had a long conversation about this. And if you have, if you don't know the long conversation, boys and girls, what are you doing? Because one, it was a bonus episode of uh, IDKMB, which has gone out before tonight's episode. So yes. go back and rewind. Yeah. And it was also in the Wolfstag podcast from last week. Mm-hmm. So do check it out. But yeah. yeah, we needed recovery from that breathwork class, didn't oh, we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was It was amazing. It was amazing. It, mm-hmm. was, it was amazing. And I've had the little link to, to book for December. So I'm like... Are you coming? Yeah, I do want to. Yes. It yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. And it was it was nice to get away again. And I'm not probably gonna manage to get there now for a good few weeks. Oh really? No. I've got my birthday weekend coming up. Then I'm going to New York, aren't I, on December the first. Uh-huh. Oh, oh darling. Oh, yes. <laughs> um just a five day. Oh, four days. Four days, five days. Um and then there's some other bits in between where I'm just not gonna be able to get there, so Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. Shame, shame, shame. Mm. Can I have it for free? Thank you. Maybe's. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for you, Dr. Jones? Anything, oh, Rog. Just sling me the keys, I'll be fine. I'm I happy. shall. As long as you don't mind the smell of fish and chips. Alright, you're not going. Oh, no. You've ruined it for yourself. You've I've already it. been told off about this once already because I. Uh, I, I have a separate little office that I do some of my training in that mm. is not. Uh, not on site as far as my work is concerned it's in another place right and I took a microwave in because there was nowhere to heat up food okay and now the office smells of curry oh my god I'm alright with that yeah but have some respect for your co-workers Mike there's no other co-workers on me that goes in there who's moaning then people who were told that said the office now smells of curry and they went <laughs> what happens if other people go in there and I exactly said no one ever goes in there <laughs> other than me 
other than children. Mm. And they smell worse than curry anyway, so what's the problem? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you're alright. You're on your own. It's fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's my version of a BO brush. You do something. you. I do, do me. You. I do me. I am yes. unique. I am, I've got to a point in my life now where. I if I want I to am. cook Korean in my flavor, I will. I will. Yes. I'm honest to God, I am that far from a ninja grill in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Set up your own kitchen. I'm going to have the whole little station set up. Get wicks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I've got, I'm going to get a ninja air fryer. I've got a, a George Formby grill. I've got my microwave. You spend too much time at work. If you need all that <laughs> at work. I just like too tweet. much, mate. No, well, you get to the point where you're fed up with sandwiches. Mm, that's true. I've been a bit like that at the hospital. Yeah, you just like to cook up a bit of a storm. I say well, cook up a storm, reheat a curry. Yeah, yeah. Don't try and make it more than it is. I'm hardly Jamie Oliver over here. Not, not in that space. No. Not in that space. But I might have to move it into our little kitchen. I'm quite territorial. Didn't want anybody else using the microwave. Because so. you're the cleverest person in the room, Mike. Yeah, I just won't leave the instructions. <laughs> don't forget that. I, I, don't forget that. Don't forget. Smarter than your average no. bird. Thank you. And it, you mean that, all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is our last one. Well, our last together recording before our little break, isn't it? Yeah, we're taking uh, we're taking a break, aren't we? Mm. Because we need our lives back. Yeah. We've got <laughs> what lives. Yeah. Um, we've got some to put out, haven't we? So there won't be a big gap. But for us, there's going to be a gap from now until the 18th. going to be a little bit of a gap. Mm. And then... Um, Christmas special. We've, we have kind of hinted at doing this Christmas special. So yeah. that's going to be a nice fun one that we're going to do. We're yeah. going to talk about Christmas. Yeah. And then and back in January. Flimsy, <laughs> and then back in January with yeah. a new set of guests, which... I didn't think, I thought we'd struggle getting guests lined up for this, but we've we actually got to have more than, because we're doing seven week blocks, aren't we? So Seven week blocks? Yeah. Seven week blocks, it might be more than seven week blocks. Yeah. It depends how chatty some people are, because yeah. one episode turns into two episodes, that's what happened yeah. with John and the Mental yeah. Health, um, which is great, which is fine, we'll put them out there, and if you guys yeah. are listening to it and enjoying it, yeah. then happy days. But it will be nice to have a little <coughs> bit of a... What four week break are we on? It'll be something like that, won't it? For time with yeah, yeah. Until at some point you message me and go, oh, oh, Mike, Mike, can we, can we, ooh. can we get back together again and do another one? Please, let's do yeah. another one. No, I think I'll be. I do need. Yeah, we need four weeks. Yeah, just to. So we're gonna go away. Yeah. So we're gonna go away and do that, aren't mm-hmm. we? But tonight. But tonight, after after the short little break, which mm. we'll have in a second, we've got the last of season one's guests, mm-hmm. and we've saved the best to last. We have. So we've got uh, we've got a lady with us today, Trassa, Trassa Kearney, who is a nurse who has been on COVID wards. Mm-hmm. So I think she's going to tell us all about that, uh, that experience and, and dealing with contracting COVID herself and the effects that, that that's had on her. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a real eye-opener. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And she's a proper laugh. She really is. Yeah, she might be worth an edit. She might. Ha- I might have to edit her. Oh, I'm <laughs> just saying now, guys. She cannot be worse than you. Mike. I pretty much guarantee now, guys, that whatever this this running time of the final episode is that goes out, the original was thirty minutes longer. <laughs> <We've got laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We have that as an expectation. Oh. So go and get yourselves uh, a cup of tea or a coffee and a giant jar of biscuits like we've got. Settle yourselves down and have a listen to this cracking conversation. (laughs) 
So here we are now with our guest for our last time for season one. Mm. We've got nurse, adventurer, <laughs> and dog lover extraordinaire, Trassa Kearney. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. How <laughs> are you a doing? dog lover extraordinaire. I love that. Oh. Yeah. You're very welcome here. <laughs> yes. yes. You're, in, you're in good company. You are in good company. <clears throat> yeah. So, so Trassa, first of all. Yes. For anybody that's kind of like listening to me saying your name and thinking, what's he saying? Yes. Tell us, tell us. Am I saying it right? Yes, you are. Uh, so it's an old, old Gaelic word, which means strength. And in Gaelic, E and A together is A. So it's spelled T-R-E-A-S-A, but pronounced Trasa. So I get uh, it misspelled and mispronounced every single day day of my life. Has it become a bit of a burden model? So it's a lovely <laughs> Irish name, isn't it? But it must cause you consternation constantly. Uh, all the time. So all my cousins and my brothers have got very unusual Irish names or people will recognise them as being Irish names, but they just think that I've spelt my name incorrectly. Um, if you go back to Ireland then, do, they, do, do Irish people recognise it or is it even over there? Is it kind of... So it's a very old Irish name. Uh, so from the Gaeltach areas, the ones who speak Gaelic first language, they'll recognise it, yeah. they'll know it. Um, if I go to Ireland, in Gaelic we've got a very hard T. Yeah. So my name's Trasa. Um, so they've been able to pronounce it properly, yeah. um, but they may not have known it because it's from, from old Irish. So yeah, every day, every day. Oh, <laughs> I, I went beautiful. to, I joined a nursing team and when I was down in Bristol and I said, listen guys, don't, you'll not get my name right, don't worry about it, just call me T. And um, one of the physios came to me uh, about three or four weeks later and she said, you know what, I thought you were so rude saying that. <laughs> and she said, and that all I hear myself on the um, phone to the doctors go, no, no, it's Trassa, it's T R E A S A. But if you can't remember it, just call her T. <laughs> yeah. in your corner. Yeah. I, I know. She understand. says, I understand that. Yeah. If I ever did have more kids, I think I'd go with that. I do really love that name. I've never heard of it before. No, no. It, I bet there's no one else you've met, is there, that's called that? Uh, one, and that was friends of my mum right. uh, from a very, very long time ago. Oh, and I have one friend on Facebook. When I went looking on Facebook, I found one Just friend called Trassa Kearney, <laughs> and we're friends. Uh, you've got to. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like it was meant to be. Uh, that's the first time, because there's never a pen. There's never, a, 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 like, a, a mug with my name on no, it. There's I never anything. Yeah. I had the same thing, because <sighs> Carrie wasn't a... You know, you everybody got named stuff in the 80s, didn't they? Yeah. And every time I went into those gift shops, I always left disappointed. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Why have I got a rubbish Did you name? not ever have that sort of like thing in school? They went, oh, Carrie, you're covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. In fact, somebody said that to me today at the hospital. Have you seen the film? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, that's not what my parents named me after. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm guessing you were named after the '60s song. Uh, the Hollies. The hey, Hollies. Carrie Ann, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. But it is. It's a. It's a blessing when you're older to have that type of name, isn't it? But when yeah. you're a kid, it's it's very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> it's got trauma. <laughs> Small t trauma from God, that. I've got the other end of the scale because I went to school with two other Mike Joneses. My dad's Mike Jones. So I had a teacher that was Mike. I'm so oh, common. And, uh, when I. So I grew up in, in, in different countries. I can talk about that as well if you want to, because I've got okay. a very yeah, weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. very weird accent, which yeah. I'll have to explain to everybody because I will fluctuate. Um, but I remember coming back, and I grew up in Africa, and I came back, and 
I went to the school, um, the English school, and there was like three Claire's and a few Chris's and this. And I was like, I've never known this in my life. This is so crazy for me. Yeah. I just found it absolutely, you know, um, insane that there was all these people with the with same, the same name. name yeah. never, never come across that until I was about six or seven. Yeah. There was a lot of Helens <clears throat> in the 80s. I remember that. In, in my school, yeah. a lot of Helens. Um, yeah, Gary was there. popular back then. Mm. So you don't really hear of people having babies and calling them Gary now, do you? Um, no, there's no Garys. There's no Garys. There's no Barrys. I was very nearly a Barry. Oh, I wouldn't know. No, my mm. folks were very close to naming me after Barry John, the Welsh rugby player. Mm. Famous player, Barry John. We're running down the wing <laughs> for Clint Eckley or whatever he played for. Yeah, Boyle. It's lovely, Boyle. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, apparently the story goes. I'll have to fact check this if my mum mm. listens to this. So if you're listening to this, tell me if I've got this right. But my understanding of the story is, uh, my dad went into the hospital. The nurse asked name, meaning mm. the baby, and he went Michael. Is it? Gave gave, gave his oh, name. Oh, so you're little Mike. Yeah. See Mike. No, no, oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. My dad is Mike. Right. In my family. Yeah. Michael. Nobody, no single person in my family calls me Mike because oh. that's my dad. So okay, but you've both got the same name. <clears throat> both got the same name. Yeah. See, my brother and my dad both have the same name, and I didn't think it was weird growing up. But now, actually, I do think it is quite weird. Yeah. Alan Senior and Alan Junior. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine I've given birth to my boys and going. I know. Do you know what's probably weird? I'll call it Craig. Right. <laughs> After my husband, I don't know. Is so that me, like a dying friend? So my dad's first son is Michael. Mm. Right. His brother. My uncle Dave called his first son David. Yes. Oh, so, so it's like a maybe it's like a bit of a tradition. So they're Michael and so they're Mike and Dave, yeah. Dave and Mike, and so are we. And you are. Yeah. Did you get your post mixed up? Mm, my brother did. No, because I made a point of dropping my middle initial in. Oh, okay. So mm. yeah, no, there was never any confusion as far as that's mm. concerned. I'd be and no one ever, to, know, <laughs> to be honest, no one ever wrote to me that anyway because <laughs> it's like we were handle all the bits. Yes, he was the paper side. <laughs> it was really unusual for him to be named in a letter. I think it was. I think it was a, a fashionable or like a family tradition, wasn't it, back in the day? Yeah. Not that you're ancient, but back in the day. <laughs> Gee, thanks for that. Yeah. In the previous millennium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do come from a whole other generation. Mm, darling. You're so twentieth century. Yes. Um, because it just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Well, not that I'm aware of anyway. Yeah, not much. I don't know. Mm. There's too many weird sort of names now. Names that look like an explosion in a Scrabble factory. Mm. Weird spellings of names. I don't get it. Mm. Well, trash has got like, <laughs> no, 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 well, we've not known each, we've not actually known each other that long, and we've actually encountered each other because you were on one of my uh, mental health courses, and we got chatting. And I was, yes. It, you had a fascinating story, so I thought <laughs> this is the lady we need on the podcast because this is such. It was like, yeah, and I've now I don't I've, I meet very few people that have these yeah. really mad backgrounds. So I think, yes. Come to Dr. Jones's couch <laughs> and let's go back to your childhood. So, interestingly enough, I am classed as a third culture child, 
or third culture kid, as the Americans say it. And that is a child that's been brought up outside of their passported country. So although I'm Irish for like for mental health, for um, uh, being a description of somebody, you know... And which which side of Ireland are we on here? We're on both. So this is what confuses me. So my dad is from the north, my mum is from the west coast of Ireland. Okay. So they are quite different um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. just... so it's a bit Romeo and Juliet, that really, isn't it? Where... Well, no, because they're both Catholic. So it was okay. fine, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that if you go to the north of Ireland, it's very different from the south of Ireland. And then I was born in, in Zambia. And my brothers were all born in, in Dublin. Um, so what happens is like, so we are, are you Irish? I said, yes, I said, I've got an Irish passport. So where are you born in Ireland? Because everybody in Ireland wants to know where you're born because they want to know because they know everybody in that village. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, County Zambia. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> and yeah, and then when we lived in Ireland, we lived in County Kildare. So I cannot, me personally, I cannot say I'm from anywhere apart from yeah. saying I'm Irish. Mm. Um, and then we moved back out to um, Somalia. And I spent a lot of time with Americans, so you'll hear a twang of American yeah. in my accent. Uh, and then we went back to Ireland. Uh, no, we were in Lesotho first, and then Ireland, and then Somalia was the last contract that my dad, he was uh, worked for UNESCO, which is an NGO. Because right. I was going to say, I'm assuming it's, it's a, parent's a parent's work that's taking you over to Africa. Uh, yes, because I was four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to send her out. Yeah. She's fantastic. Mother and father, I'm off to Africa. <laughs> Goodbye. But yeah. you're only four. She's very it's fine. <laughs> I was a talented child. Yes. Um, yes, my dad had contracts with UNESCO. And... Then we came back. Ireland was in a recession, so we moved over to Chester. And then I spent my high school years in North Wales. Uh, so um, <clears throat> Africa to North Wales is a bit of a culture shock, isn't it? Yes, it was. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, I spent my Although high school just years. Although wild. Mm. Sorry. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Um, so I've got a lot of friends from that, that era. Um, and then I wanted to travel, so I took myself off and I spent a year in Gran Canaria working bars and restaurants. And then I went back um, over to America, did Camp America, um, oh, yes. all the way along the East Coast up. I was in Georgia, that was great. Yeah. Uh, and then <clears throat> I came back and I was in Paris for a year. Uh, and then I came back and I was in... Uh, no, sorry, I get this confused. I was in Israel, then I was in Paris. So I spent a year in Israel, and then I spent a year in Paris. Came back and did my nurse training. And so prior to that, are you just sort of like jobbing, bar jobs, yeah, just, just making ends meet just while you travel? Uh, no, so I worked in hotels and restaurants. So all my initial qualifications are all hotel, restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, reception okay. work, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, so when I was working abroad <clears throat> the Canaries I worked in, in uh, an Irish bar as one does mm-hmm. uh, an English restaurant <laughs> and a pool bar so I used to get up and get my lunch <laughs> from the pool bar and go, that was free and then I'd go to the English restaurant and I'd have my dinner because that was free and then I'd go to the Irish bar and we'd be able to drink so I had a great time at Grand Canary <laughs> that sounds perfect yeah. gotta be honest because the only person who saved money <laughs> <laughs> you had it all worked out yes. you're wily yes. uh, yeah and then, yeah, and then I went into nursing and then 
I did various different things in nursing. So what what inspired the move into nursing? Yeah. Just to go from the bars of holiday resorts and that world into nursing is a shift. It is. Uh, I needed to um, qualify in a profession, mm. really. Yeah. Uh, somewhere that's going to take me somewhere. So, uh, And something that's got breath. Because yeah. of my background... <clears throat> Doing a nine to five is never going to suit me. Um, I just, I just don't cope in that. I'm, I'm just from uh, growing up. So people think that if you travel a lot um, and you move around a lot, that there's something wrong with you. But actually, if that's been your dynamic since you were a child, yeah. that's your norm. Yeah. Um, so for me, just to go into a nine to five, I, I wasn't ever going to cope with that. I have two brothers that like that, and then I have another brother that's like me and has hit. He, you should have him on here. He's got a good story as well. Okay. He wouldn't be able to tell you half the stuff. You've just been booked. What's your brother's yeah. name? Fear crack. You, you've just been booked. <laughs> I understand that though. I I can understand that dynamic of not wanting to do a nine to five. Because yeah. I I don't want to do a nine to five. Oh, I've never. Really, and when I try to, it yeah, you just know you're not in the right place. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't sit I'm, right, does it? You know, I, I uh, people say to me, you've moved around a lot, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I said, well, why do I need to do that? I don't judge you, yeah. I'm never moving. Oh. I think it's incredible that you've never moved yeah. um, and that you stayed in the same place. That, to me, is alien, um, but it's interesting. Mm. Uh, but don't tell me what I need to do with my life, because so, yeah. you've no idea what my childhood or whatever yeah. or my interests are. So People love to do that, though, don't they? Oh, yes, they oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a little bit of a different way yeah. of doing things I think you should I'm like whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me stop you there yeah they because like, everybody's the hero in their own story mm. and you were all bit players and if it doesn't fit in with your mm. yeah but we don't go around doing that <laughs> no and that's that's the thing if yeah. I've noticed so a lot of my friends are international and and I am I feel so bad for my friends because I speak English mm. They all speak a second, third, fourth, fifth language. <laughs> they just happen to speak English. So they're lucky that they can be friends with me yeah. to yeah. speak the same language. Um, but yeah, I, I've tried to learn a few languages, um, a few bits of languages. So I've got a few words in about maybe 14, 15 languages. Wow. Um, and I've learned languages when I've lived in places. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think with my nursing especially, I've found <clears throat> that if I'm going into uh, people's houses and they're from... Know maybe they're from uh, India or they're from Pakistan or they're Polish. Just mm-hmm. a word in their language is like, oh, okay, you know, you, I've got you've got to come in anyway because you're here, you know, to nurse yeah. a patient that's in this house. Yeah. But thank you very much for recognizing yeah. that uh, you know that we're all different. I and, always think, please, thank you, yes, no, yeah. and two large beers, please. <laughs> as long as you've got that. One large pretzel. Do you serve Guinness? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's making that connection, isn't it? Yeah. Even if it's just a tiny thing. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, totally. So nursing was a really good choice for me because um, I, I think people think you, you go in a nurse and then you're going on the ward. Mm. But there are so many, so many different things. So I started off training in Chester. <clears throat> and then when I, when I qualified, I went over to uh, North Wales because I was living in North Wales at the time. And I was then working in acute medicine, and then I started working in A&E as well. So I was working in the two departments, because they're very closely linked, so it was really good to understand what 
what the other one does and what the pros and cons of each department and handing over to each department is. So you build a relationship up that way. I think it was quite good. And um, I was in the Army Reserves and I was debating whether to go into the Army full time at that point. And I went to Liverpool to the uh, Congress, Nursing Congress in Liverpool. And I got chatting to a team who listened to my background and asked me if I'd be interested in coming down to work for a company called International SOS. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went down and interviewed for them. And uh, my very interesting brother, uh, they deal with medical evacuations, medical assistance, repatriations, all sorts of things all over the world. So I'm guessing they're going to be heavily involved in what's going on in different parts of our world at the moment. Yes, yes. yes. And that's another little Mm. step to my story as well. Okay. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I went down there and I happened to realise when I was down there um, that I was on an airplane. So I have a brother who flies, um, who's a captain for a large... Uh, aircraft company mm-hmm. and air flyer or whatever and he um, had organised a flight for me and there was a medical emergency on board um, and there were no doctors and there were no other nurses and there was nobody else but me there were very short <laughs> very short straw <laughs> I know what to do I was like oh hi guys, just to let you know, you look like you're coping, but I am a nurse and I thought my brother will kill me if he thinks that I haven't gone up and (laughs) said something because he organised the flight. Uh, Anyway, they came down to me and were like, we can't wake her. So I went up and we woke her eventually and we were were outside um, Bangkok and we were circling outside Bangkok. But I brought this story up when I went down to International SOS and they have a, a link with uh, an American hospital, I think it's in Arizona, it's Med Medlink, mm-hmm. and through that, all of the big airlines can phone through to uh, an A and E consultant mm-hmm. who will come do and do a rotation in, and they're like, "This is our emergency. This is what's happening." Yeah. And these big uh, airlines have got medical kits, and they've got all sorts of things. They're incredible. I mean, these guys are actually really well trained. And yeah. um, <clears throat> so they were on the phone. I did some observations and then I spoke to them and they were like, no, we're happy. She's roused. We're happy to, to let you go on. But yeah. at that point, he makes the decision. It's, it can be the captains, but basically he makes the decision yeah. in the hospital and then they send them back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were saying that that was theirs, that, that that's one of the subsidiaries of International SOS. Right. Wow. And my brother was in South Sudan and got evacuated out. And it was their team that had evacuated them out. So I got the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I ended up working with the US military um, for two and a half years, um, looking after their medical care across the Middle East, uh, Israel, all of the stands, um, Europe, unless they were attached to a military treatment facility, uh, and Africa. I mean, sort of so, years we talked about how you're doing this. Uh, 20, <clears throat> 2011 to 2013. Okay. And it was brilliant. I yeah. loved it. I Got bet. yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, oh, ma'am. I'll do that straight away, ma'am. <laughs> Say it again. Stop it, Elijah. <laughs> So the guys will walk past it and you'd be like, uh-huh, yes, okay. And they'd be like, you got yes, found. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. See, we don't have that in this country, no. No. <laughs> Nobody's yes, mamming. 
No. No. No, it's a, it's like a yes mum, and you're like, yeah. mm, Jesus, no. it's not the same. Yeah, I'm not, not your mum. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we used to have these amazing coordinators, and they would have all the language skills. And these guys were massively intelligent, and then they'd bring it through to the medical team. And I remember... Um, one of them coming through and they said we've got a photograph, we've got a gentleman, he's in a hospital in uh, say Dubai or somewhere and I looked at him and I said no I said, he's not good looking enough, he's definitely not ours and she was about to <laughs> wow. she was about to phone back and say that he's not ours I was like I am so sorry <laughs> I'm sorry but in my head they all look like um, uh, Matt Damon in Green Zone <laughs> <laughs> so when they say yes just man, yeah. Yes. All the yeah. secrets coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had to stop them from declining care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love yeah. it. Ugly, ugly, ugly. It's a pretty it's one. Like, bring them in, bring them in. An early version of Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We're all going to hell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I was in London. I was in London for that. It was amazing. Worked in this place out uh, in Chiswick. Um, and it was all all brand new, state of the art. And every Thursday, they used to have a um, a yellow day. So you're actually looking really good today. Yeah, there you go. You're on. Uh, it's like a new. Yeah, you're on trend. <laughs> yeah, and they bring like um, they bring dogs that you could pet, um, and they um, into the square. So all the officers would come out and see them, and they had um, uh, one of these. Um, it raised, it was like you sat around on it and it raised it up on a crane and then you could have your lunch out there. Oh, and wow. it's, so you're sitting there looking at the whole of London. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's incredible. All sorts of things every Thursday. And then I came back in North and I was like, oh. Why did you do that? <laughs> it sounds amazing, mm. don't yeah. Well, uh, so yes, yeah, so I did two and a half years with the US military, which had its fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one of the stories that we were chatting about my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was moving and I was in the conversation with um, an aircraft carrier and it was, this was pre the Yemen war. So a massive, massive carrier. And um, they had a gentleman on there that had come off one of their, they have uh, ships that, that sail with them. So different types of ships that sail with and they do different jobs. And one of those gentlemen they suspected had a space occupying lesion, which is a potentially they thought was a brain tumor, and they needed him to have an MRI. And at the time, they had a contact in Sana in Yemen, said you can't send them there because we don't know if that's been calibrated. We don't know anybody that has is able to read that properly. So you could be getting wrong information. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you up to Dubai, and. Um, we were in lots and lots of conversations. So that was my that was my big story, is that I moved an aircraft carrier. I was like, no. And they were like, yes, ma'am, we'll take it around to Dubai. But on my last wow. conversation... <laughs> That's with, power. On my last conversation with them, I, this is like after two days and two days and chatting and talking back and forth. And I was like, good night. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was silence. And he went, ma'am, I don't think he wanted to say that, did you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> oh, women in power, though, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I uh, said, 
he said, we're, not, we're, we're going to sauna. I said, you're not going to sauna. I said, you can't go to sauna because you have to go to Dubai. We know they're calibrated in Dubai. have got a relationship with Dubai. You can get them out. You can evac them out of Dubai. Mm. <clears throat> you're not going to do it there. So, uh, it. yeah, I went up along the ranks and it came down the command and they moved around to Dubai. So oh, it was it. a fantastic That's job. So I left it. <laughs> As you do. As you and I sidestepped into international security and risk management. Mm. Uh, Still nursing, or was this? Nope, as a security manager. How do you go? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> she's, she's incredible. That's how she does it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah. doubting her uh, capability to do she's it. It's just kind of like I just. I just don't see that. And this is someone who I was pretty wild thinking. Yeah. I don't know. How do you go from? A nursing role into thinking, oh, I could do a security job. Because um, <clears throat> the security team were part of uh, the international SRS side. So I was part of TRICARE. And because of my understanding of how the company works and because of my understanding about how the Middle East works and how Africa works and different things like that, when I presented an interview... They had a two and a half hour interview because. Wow, that's intense. <laughs> no, it was because my soon to be manager, Matt. Like, the first hour was spelling your name. They didn't believe my story. When I put in my uh, my um, yeah. the reason why I was looking for yeah. to apply for this job, and um, Mac, who then became my manager, had a link to North Wales. He used Prestat, and he was Irish. Um, and he knew like loads and different things. He'd been in, in he'd been in Israel. He did Krav Maga. He did all sorts of things. So he was like, "This is a, this is a load of bollocks." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we spent two and a half hours. And I think after he said after about forty five minutes, I knew it was real. He said, "But we just had so you know yeah. so many yeah. stories." A good conversation. Yeah, and he, he, when he was a child, he used to come to Prestatin. Um, to the caravan. I was like, "Oh, I used to live close yeah. there," and and he knew the hospital and everything. So yeah, I. It was a real story. It's a small <laughs> world, isn't it, to it have is. that kind of... It means you're on the right track, though. I'm a big believer in that. You know, yeah. just worlds collide and you end up... Yeah. And you're like, well, that's sort of serendipitous, but... Yeah, and we've, we've talked about serendipity yeah, yeah. before, haven't I mean, we? Yeah. just you just get those moments of click. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, so I, I, I moved across, and it was a joint venture between one of the largest uh, assistance companies in the world, the medical assistance company, which was mm-hmm. International SOS, and security company which was control risks and their joint venture was travel security services so i worked in london bridge and i lived up here and i would travel in and i would do five five days straight like mm-hmm. five 12 hour shifts we'd stay in london and then i'd be come home for five days and that job was incredible as well <clears throat> and i triaged a lot of things i was Involved in um, the earthquake at Vanuatu, the hurricane that hit the Philippines. Mm. Uh, we had passengers on board some of the planes that went missing. Um, lots and lots of different things. We had feet on the ground. We were getting updates. Um, I was involved in the Nepal um, earthquakes. Yeah. Um, and so we, I, I had a doctor friend that was there. And he was sending me updates, and then we got some boots on the ground there, and they were sending live updates. So we were then disseminating that out to the security managers in all of the companies, mm-hmm. all like Fortune 500, 100, lots and lots and lots of yeah. different companies. So it was really, uh, really interesting. Um, 
and then they had a big change of that a lot of those guys so I worked with guys that were special forces yeah. military police uh, SBS SAS incredible guys amazing mm-hmm. stories like Mine is here in comparison to their stories. Yeah. Uh, I bet you'd have some incredible stuff to tell if only they could. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. imagine some of it they call. I was like, just kill me. I just want to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, MI5, MI6, lots of like people who've left and they'd mm. come and work in the security areas there. Um, and then a lot of them got made redundant and I got a contract out in Dubai and it was to specialise um, on the geopolitics of the Middle East and East and South Africa. Um, the, the terrorist parties, their capacity, uh, their affiliations, the political stability, all sorts of different things there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when I got out there, the role got split and half of it was analysis and then the other half was operational and I don't have the capacity for analysis. I've got operational, I've got yeah. common sense, yeah. but I can't, um, a, a lot of the people, the team I joined, they're all, um, they'd all masters in, in that, that yeah. field, yeah. and then there were four of us. It's that, a skill set, isn't it? It is a skill set, I think you've got, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a type it's of intelligence, and mm-hmm. I think when you try to merge two types of intelligence, you're gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was there for six months, and then I had to come back to the UK, and then I went back to nursing. Oh. <laughs> and you've been there, I was gonna say, ever since. However, <laughs> as everybody knows, a couple of years ago, we had something of a blip. We did. So tell us about that. Where? So I'm curious to know, because I think sometimes those in the know yeah. have wind of what's happening prior to pub- the public. So the, my example of that is, I worked in finance when the credit crunch of 2008 happened, yeah. but we knew it was happening in 2007. Mm. We were, the, for the public, they only saw it when Northern Rock collapsed. Yeah. which was right at the end of it, we saw that tsunami wave approaching like months and months and months prior. So was that, did you get hints of what was going on? Or were you like us, where it was like, we're all going into lockdown? Um, and where were you at the time? Where were you working? <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. Time. Sorry, yeah. sorry I've seen I was in Botswana, <laughs> <laughs> as one does. I was on safari. Holiday. So leisure. I was on holiday. Um, Yes. So there was trickles, trickles of information coming out. And um, in March, I went to Botswana for a safari. um, And we were there. We just arrived. So we flew out there. We got picked up from um, from Johannesburg. Drove the nine hours across the border into Botswana. Only to find out that South Africa was then closing its borders. Mm. And because we had flown into South Africa, British Airways did not have to get us out from Botswana. Their legal requirement is to get us back from where we flew into, right. not from where we went to. That's our own fault for crossing a border into a different country. Yeah. Um, so if we could have got back into Botswana, uh, from Botswana to South Africa, they could have got us home. Uh, but the borders closed. So now we had to fly out of Botswana. So we had one full day in Botswana, in the safari, and then another nine-hour uh, journey to the airport, and then we had to fly, to get new tickets, and had yeah. to fly to um, Addis Ababa, and then stay there 
with all these people <clears throat> that probably had COVID as well because everybody yeah. was evacuating, leaving countries. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, flew back into London and then had to get picked up from London. And then I was working in a NHS hospital on the Wirral, a big hospital there. So yeah. from the point of getting back home, yes. how long before you were then, we need you in? Oh, it was my shift. So I came back on shift um, and I was in acute medicine and we had already started getting local patients yeah. in at this point. Uh, and um, I got I got COVID very, very quickly. So my first week in, <clears throat> first weekend in, um, they opened up a surgical ward and they asked, it was 12 o'clock at night and they came into AMU, managers came into AMU, said there's any chance that anybody could go over and help. And the nurse that was on shift that night came and helped in AMU a lot and she would always help out. She was really, really helpful and I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go over. Yeah. So I handed my patients over and I went over <laughs> and I got COVID. <laughs> oh, God. Were you, was there a fear in the hospital for you Terrified. Guys? Everybody was terrified. One of the nurses who was supposed to go on, who was a bank nurse, was crying mm. and she refused to go in. Um, and when we went in, we had no idea. We had this all this PPE that arrived, and we had no idea how to use it. We didn't know yeah. was it airborne. Um, you know, how is it? How is it spread yeah. at that point? Because um, we didn't know at that point, did we? We didn't really know, and it was. Um, and it was because of that. So we were getting all these ill patients. Just left, right. Eleven patients came up in a space of six hours mm. now if you if you have a patient what you have to you have to be able to do is you have to be able to take all their observations you have to have a look at the notes previously you have to see if you've got to set up anything like maybe ivs or anything and then if they are um, alert you have to then go through a, a big assessment to find out what they are like previously to what they're like now you know can they walk can they walk now could they wash could they wash now so that we've got a really good yeah. robust plan mm. in place um, so they were sending them up and they were, and then we we're just getting a phone call another patient's coming up another patient's coming up another patient's coming up and um, yeah and it were was they elderly like majority mix. mix it was a mix yeah because that was a lot of things on the news when it really kicked off and we all got told we had to stay in yeah you know it seems to be more old people I think I don't know whether it was trying to scare people less or because it's hard it was so hard to know what the truth was wasn't it at the time of yes. what was going on yeah, yeah. And what was How really much were going you trying on to yeah protect yeah. yeah and i just remember at the time thinking about you guys that were doing the job and how scared you must have been because I remember, you know, when um, they used to do the news flash, you know, they'd come in and update us every day on the news <coughs> and yeah. having it on and looking at the kids and actually sort of clocking them and then trying to sort of say, oh, you know, it'll be fine because in my head then I realised, God, if I was a child and my, and we'd all been told to stay in yes. and the whole country shut down yeah. and there was this bug outside in its simplest terms, you know, that's killing people... Yeah. Kids would be terrified, so I yeah. made it my point then to try and yeah. keep them as calm as possible because I thought this is actually like really, really scary, and that was for us in a house. Yeah. So for you guys, I'm <clears throat> having to actually go in to the wards and face that day in, day out. Yep. You've got a generation of kids who have grown up watching like The Walking Dead and zombie yeah. films and stuff like that, where you know, the, you know, 28 days later, where the apocalypse mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. and it's science fiction fantasy. And then it's happening. And then it happened. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it felt like. It was. It was. I think in the hospital almost it became 
You need to be very careful that you didn't become very blasé about it because yeah. it was it's it's constant. Yeah. COVID, yeah. COVID, 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 COVID. And <clears throat> so I got very, very unwell that weekend and um I couldn't breathe. I was in I was in bed and I probably should have gone to hospital but I had a new puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so, first things the first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities. The dogs at the start. Yeah. Yes, priorities. Um, and yeah, so I was actually off work for two months, um, really unwell. And when I went back, that was, um, there'd been a bit of a lift. So it was after the first lockdown, there'd been a bit of a lift. Mm. That was the hardest nursing that I have ever, ever done. Now, the, the hospital had empty wards for the covid patients so they would go if they weren't empty they would fill yeah but they were specifically for covid and then everybody else would come into us and i work in acute medicine so we have all of the diabetics and the heart attacks and anybody who's medically unwell and these poor people i was just heartbroken for them because they were the people who didn't want to disturb anybody who couldn't get through to a doctor who mm. did phone through to the doctor and heard that very long message and then thought maybe oh i don't want to disturb them i don't want to you know burden my family i don't want to upset anybody and these people came in so unwell mm. and we were short staffed and really realistically you should have six patients this that are under this uh, umbrella we don't we tend to have eight yeah. um and then at times at night you'd walk in and they were like we're short staff so you knew that that was stretching to maybe nine maybe mm. ten and um that doesn't sound like a lot of patients but i would start my medical rounds um at three o'clock in the morning because i would have 40 ivs to do all antibiotics reversal <laughs> of uh, pulse rates fluids this that like it it was just constant Mm -hmm. all the time and then you're always doing observations because you're trying to make sure that they're not deteriorating in front of you and then you know you've got if you've got it was in a horseshoe so some of your patients would be round the corner Mm -hmm. so if you were working with a healthcare you'd be like really good teamwork saying can you just keep an eye on those i'm just going to be in here i'm going to do all of this keep an eye and make sure that nobody deteriorates in this in this bay and then you've got the side rooms and yeah and covid was on top because you were i guess the worry was that it was going to spread like wildfire through those wards as well yeah so they had to be covid tested um and um you were hoping that nobody um, when they came in then tested positive for COVID and of course yeah. as soon as they did which they did yeah. um, you had to move them into a side room and then they would be moved through to the COVID wards uh, so it, they, they tried to do the process as well as they could um, without any yeah. previous but not miracle workers no and without any previous um, f- like footprint yeah. to, 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 to go by and I think each trust uh, was doing was potentially doing its own thing and then they set up the the big hub and then it was just sent across all the NHS trusts you need to do this you need to do yeah. this so that everybody was on the same book um on the same page but yeah the managers worked so hard the doctors I just Everyone. it was an extremely stressful time and so upsetting for these patients that family members couldn't come in and see them yeah um, that's huge isn't nobody it? could tell them you no. couldn't couldn't tell them you know yeah. they'd be asking you am I going to survive and like yeah. don't know we're going to yeah. do our best yeah. um but I can't say anything because you can never ever tell them categorically you will because no. you haven't you don't that. That. No. I think that was what, one of the things that made me really sad was see you know when families were kept apart yeah. um because yeah. I, I remember thinking 
I was pleased that my parents weren't alive or my dad wasn't ill and he'd gone before mm, that because yeah. had yeah. he have been in a hospital or a, a care home, I yeah. probably would have had to have chosen to go in with him and not see my kids for, yes. you know, because yeah. I wouldn't have left him on his own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I looked at these people having to make those decisions and I just remember thinking this is, you know, people were dying alone, weren't they? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. for you to have seen that. I mean, mentally, did you get a lot of support? No, because everybody was under the same, yeah. you know, the same stress. Yeah. So I, I, there is an element, um, you know, I do have an element of, I mean, potentially wouldn't go as far as saying PTSD, but it, it was an extremely stressful time to the point that I would never want to do that again. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, spoken to colleagues of mine, and although I, although I was in the Army Reserves, I never went to war, um, it felt very, very... Um, you know, you are, you know, you're the front line. Off you go and do your yeah. job. You know, firing crack on. Line. You really yeah. were the firing line. Yeah, you? you know, crack on. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, and we were put in front of a foe that we didn't understand or um, have. You know, we thought that the PPE that we had was going to be adequate enough to protect us, and there was no knowledge about how uh, bad it was going to be. And then it started um, hitting younger people, mm. and then deter- they deteriorate. Uh, some of the nurses that I worked with ended up on ITU, uh, and then some of them had a sniffle. Yeah. Yes. And they came in the next day and they're like, "Well, I don't know what the drama is." Yeah. And those those people became, um, you know, they had to be very careful that they they didn't become complacent. Yeah. yeah. Because they were like, "Oh, I had a I'm sniffle." Right. People yeah. have natural yeah. sort of immunity. Some do. See, I found mm. this because when when COVID happened that last week in March, my folks were actually holidaying in Blackpool, rock and roll. Um, midway through the holiday they said because it was like it was the Friday that Boris made an announcement yeah, that we were going into lockdown but everybody was getting the kind of like jitters around it on the mm. Wednesday so I drove to Blackpool picked them up brought them back got a bit of shopping at the time because the shops were still mm-hmm. open uh, maybe one both come down with Covid thankfully neither of us were hospitalised mm. H- horrible horrible experience mm. to go through and it was yeah I mean I've dropped weight and all yeah. sorts but my dad not a jot. You could drop my dad into a room full of people with a bowler. Made of asbestos. He would walk Same out absolutely clean. But that's yeah. what happened in our house. So I got it. We went to Tembi on holiday. So that was been in the May. So maybe just as we come out of lockdown. So we were allowed to travel, but you weren't allowed to do much. It was yeah. around that time. Um, and I felt a bit rough. And then realised what it was and we'd come home. And it was that, the, the panic was the unknown. Like, oh my God, I've got it. Okay, I'm young and I'm fit. A youngish. <laughs> exactly. yeah. um, but even I was a bit, like, I went to bed and I was rough with it. But yeah. I remember thinking, like, when's it going to get really bad? When is my lung, you know, when are my lungs going to yeah. kick off and stuff? So you, by, and then you're Googling, you know, seven to nine is the days where, you know, you're going to get short for breath and all this. So I got it. Then the boys got it. Craig never got it. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And he was sleeping in the same bed as me and everything. Now, I've had it it's twice, two or three times I've had it now. Yeah. Ashton's had it twice. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of times, but the first time was horrendous. And you go to bed thinking, genuinely, there's a couple of times where I went to bed thinking, am I going to wake up in the morning? Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got my will. I sent, I sent text brother to my, uh, mm-hmm. text to my brother and said, this is... I'd already got the will and everything in place anyway, just because of the job that you do. So I was like, uh, yeah, it's there. These are my passcodes. I've had to change some all since. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if the dog's going out to Australia, it's my other brother. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that goes where it's supposed to go. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, it was was absolutely terrifying. And and I think 
for people who weren't medical at the time, I can't even imagine, you know, the information she said that's out there. Yeah. We, we were given updates in the hospital, which you, at that time, had to believe as it has been researched, this is the best information that we've got, so therefore we're going to go with mm-hmm. that. Um, and you know some of that has turned out to be incorrect yeah. so I just what, I don't know can, what can you do at the time you can nothing, only nothing. make decisions based yeah. on the information only, you've got and I don't look back and think oh there was I personally didn't look back and go there's massive mistakes made yeah. everybody was there and everybody was trying their absolute yeah. best the you know the, the doctors had a lot more on them than we did um, our managers were coming in and, and everybody's falling off sick and and uh, and the people didn't want to come yeah. in to where we work because nervous, of the code. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. it, it was just a very, very hard time. And we had so. that knock-on effect with, um, you know, cancer treatments and operations being cancelled. And I actually, I know probably not yet because we're not too far away from it. But I think in the future, um, it'll be something that they talk about in schools, won't it? Where you Agreed. know you look back oh, and it'll absolutely um, be a, a monumental page in history. I made a photo book which I know sounds really depressing, but from the lockdown period that we were off, I documented it all for the kids. Yeah. Um, and yeah. do you remember when everyone got the letter from Boris? Do you re- did, you, did you keep it? He wrote. Oh, do you know? I don't know whether I did. Yeah, well, I kept it and I put it in the photo book because I yeah. thought one day the boys are going to want to talk about this to their kids or their kids' kids or whatever yes. because... Yeah, it was horrific, wasn't it? And yeah. never in the history of the world has the whole world shut down, you know. And when you saw them abroad, sort of in India and places like that, the, the mass burnings of, of bodies and things, you know, all yeah, those. Was... Just when you look back, in fact, it's almost like it didn't happen. And not for you, obviously, but. Yeah, it's... no, but that's, I think that's how people cope, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You said uh, something before about cognitive dis- dissonance. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's done, but how am I going to survive if I keep thinking about that? Yeah. And it's the body's protective, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because a lot of people at the time were saying, this is, the, this is the world as we know it over. It's all changed. Mm. We will never go back to how we were before. And pretty much 95, yeah. 99%. You can have a pint have. without ordering some food now. So that's always. We did. I mean, no, we <laughs> I was doing. I was doing twelve meals a day. <laughs> we shouldn't make light of it, but we went to London for the weekend, and Craig likes to drink. So, I mean, we were in and out of bars and doing all this Christmassy stuff with the kids, and yeah, the amount of um, bowls of beans and. <laughs> Like Craig was like, right, what can Does we have off this menu? Meal, exactly. <laughs> but he did check. He was the embarrassing person in every bar. Ah, yeah, but um, can I have that as a meal? And they were like, mm, go on then. But it was, I mean, there were some random things like that, weren't there? Where everyone was yeah. like, well, this is stupid, but okay. But you kind yeah. of you follow the guidelines, mm, and now yeah. there's other than seeing the occasional person still wearing a mask. Mm. My friend had it the other. Uh, Mm, when did I not go to Butlin's weekend because I was tired what a month ago something like that she, she had it then yeah. and, 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 and the moment it, it feels like a flu a bad flu That's yeah what it her eyes were aching again you know that mm. sort yeah. of achy eye thing but, but there's no that, guarantee that that's not going to evolve again into something mm-hmm. really quite horrendous mm. yep so I mean all the scientists have said it's not if it's when yeah could be a year could be five years could be a hundred years yeah. whatever but it'll happen again it probably will and in terms of your health now? Because that's not COVID. the end of the story for you. <laughs> yeah. No, of so course not. By any means. Just to be contrary, <laughs> I then moved 
hospitals and they went to a big hospital in Liverpool mm. and I suspect, although I don't know, mm. that they employed me because I'd had COVID and at that point they didn't think that you could get COVID a second time. Right, okay. I assumed you develop immunity. Yeah. Which was I think if I remember at the time that was kind of government thinking is if yes. everybody gets it, everybody will develop herd yeah. immunity. Yes. We'll all be fine. And that was incorrect, and I got another strain, um, and this strain was um, quite interesting because I only had the head cold then for two mm-hmm. days, and I was like, oh, that's easy. And I tested, and the night before I tested, my sense of smell went. Um, and that is extremely strange when you're smelling bleach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably should be something, yeah. And lemons, and, and you can smell nothing, nothing. No mm-hmm. smell, no, no, nothing nice, nothing, just nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, so your taste goes with that as well. Everything, oh, yeah. everything couldn't taste anything. Because my sense of taste went when I got COVID. Nine it months. Was the, it was the one nine thing months. I was most nine months with. before it came back, and oh. when it came back, everything, everything I ate tasted vile. Oh, no. oh it was disgusting, and the, to the point I had to kind of just eat. Just because I knew I had to yeah, eat, just but it was horrible. It tasted like rotted meat. Oh, oh I read about oh, this. Yes. Yeah, and still, it uh, still hasn't like rectified itself properly. Wow, and they don't know what that is. Uh, it's the the from my information, and please don't quote me because <laughs> I forget a lot of things. Part of my long COVID now um, is that the virus. Um, sat in the mitochondria and the mitochondria is the powerhouse cell to, for all of the cells mm. so it took the virus into absolutely every cell in your body and uh, and then it kind of mutated that cell so the, your sense of smell everything everything that you do everything that's happened is because the virus has sat in it Oh, <sighs> um, yeah so because that's the first time I've actually heard that it's, it basically mutates you mm. Well, yeah, because that's that's yeah. That's look at your lungs, reading. don't they've looked at some lungs of people who've had it, and it's done the similar sort of thing. Yes, that was an interesting thing. We used to get the X-rays, and the X-rays would be white, mm. and you'd never get that. You'd get white patches. Yeah. Uh, but the whole X-ray was white, and they'd be like, "That's a COVID patient. That's yeah. a COVID patient." Straight away. So it's a, it. Uh, I mean, viruses have been around for a very long time. Yeah. Post-viral illnesses have been around. Lots of people know about glandular fever. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. But okay. yeah, yeah, the. This virus, whatever it's done, it has taken. If you've got a weakness in your body, it's gone after that weakness. Mm. Um, so I was in Liverpool, and the day I arrived in Liverpool, they were like, "Ta da! We're opening as a red COVID ward." Wow. <laughs> and I was like, "This is, this is not quite uh, what no. I signed up for." But okay. Um, and eight weeks later, I got this second uh, virus, and I went. Felt fine. Mm. Went back to work, and I was like, oh, "It's like I was working in water. Um, I couldn't read properly. I couldn't type properly. Only had a few patients because um, uh, we only had a few on the ward that yeah. day. And I had to see, speak to my senior. I said, "You're going to have to look at everything I, I'm doing here. I, I just don't seem to work. I'm not working properly. Yeah. I couldn't get the." the drugs correct I couldn't get anything and I went home and I went to bed and I basically uh, uh, still in that position so I was sleeping 20 hours a day 
and only waking up for four to eat and to drink and to take my dog out to the car yeah. park across the way in front of me. Yeah. It's the only place I could take her to go back to bed because I couldn't wake up. I couldn't function. And the hours I was awake, I um, I can't remember them. I tried to watch TV. I couldn't remember any of the TV I watched. I've since watched um, series like the Marvel. <laughs> I've gone through all the Marvels. And I don't remember any don't of them. Remember any of it. Don't remember any of it. Um, so fatigued, I just couldn't function. And then that slowly, slowly got better. And then I could stay awake for three hours, but then I'd have to sleep. And then I could wake up for another hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went on for months and months and months, um, and almost two years. And then yeah, and I'm four years in now, nearly five years in. And um, are you? still suffering some of the effects yeah a lot of the effects yeah i tried to um try to go back to nursing in february i went to nhs 111 and they were incredible oh they were they went they bent over backwards to try and help me Mm -hmm. Uh, but my symptoms flared up to the point that i couldn't read the algorithm in front of me Mm. even though on the call before i had gone through everything smashed the call absolutely fine and I get to the next call and the fatigue would take over and then I would start slurring and then I would forget words and then I'd have big gaps in the sentences and they said we'd just see deteriorate in front yeah. of our eyes. Um, so, yeah, currently stepped away from nursing because I just don't think it's something I can trust myself to yeah. do because obviously the patient is paramount, their safety is paramount. Yeah. So. so what hope is that? I know that they tried to set up um, long covid hubs didn't they and mm-hmm. i'm not sure because i haven't kept up with the information on it but what hope is there for people with long covid now i mean is it something that they're trying to work on ways of making it better or is it something that you're just gonna have to live with and just try and improve the symptoms or do we just not know we don't know um so my understanding of glandular fever you can recover in about two and a half years to seven years potentially depends on some of the other post-virals so i think there's some hope Mm -hmm. after two and a half years when people didn't recover they're going they're setting that boundary to seven and a half but i suspect that nobody knows and history's gonna have to play that one out i think we're just gonna have to sit and wait yeah there's um from my last understanding 30 million across the million people across the world with long covid in the recorded world there's a lot of people that have (coughs) actually gone and reported it yeah yeah and um in the uk there was some point 37,000 children um 150,000 nhs workers uh, a lot of nurses in my position, a lot of medical people, doctors, yeah. uh, cleaners, healthcare. They're all losing their jobs now because they're unable to do that role. Yeah. Um, some are back in um, and doing maybe a lesser role than they were previously. But um, yeah, a lot to a lot of people. And there's a lot of theories. Mm. And right. no, nothing, nothing, nothing categorical at the moment. Nope. Because I'm also going to say, because I've heard... I've heard because you will get this you'll get some chatter on social media all the time there's people out there that would question whether long covid actually exists oh i've had that yeah. <laughs> oh wow oh yeah Lovely yeah people. there was a nurse i spoke to who didn't believe in it and then she got it and she I said, it now. <laughs> yeah she, and i said that to me is very bizarre i said because mm. viruses have been around post-viral syndromes have been around i said so why wouldn't you believe that a post-viral syndrome came out of one of the most catastrophic yeah viruses to hit the world like why would you think that people there's these millions of people who are making up this up um but i guess it's that um some people did 
and mm. they had a great time off and yes. yes and so there yeah it's, people are labeled with it but yeah i've had people ask me oh have you had your have you had your uh, thyroid checked <laughs> oh for crying out loud yes. like i'm wow. under a medical team for long covid do you not think that we have ruled yeah. out everything we possibly can and every time i get a new symptom i would then go right it could be this 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 or this let me see what i can change about my life right it's not changed and i go to the doctor and they're brilliant mm. and i said um, i've got these symptoms now this is what i've ruled out and he'll go, okay, let's do bloods and let's rule out this. Yeah. And every time they come back, they're like, no, you've just got long COVID. You've got to stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you've done the work yourself. Because you know, you're a nurse. You, you know, it's not, this is people, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> there is no yeah. words. But I had a friend who had long COVID. She's thankfully recovered. But yeah. at the time, we were so worried for her because she was very, very fit, very, very fit. And she is back to, you know, health now. Oh, but for amazing. a while there, she couldn't even walk very far. She could maybe get up to the lamppost, which was a few feet up the road, you know, and then back where she would go hiking on her own and all sorts before. Yeah. Um, so I, I did see that firsthand. And that's yeah. scary because, well, it's your livelihood, isn't it? If you can't yeah. work, you know, or some people have completely gone off the legs, haven't they? Young, fit people. Yeah. And Yeah. I was lucky that one of the doctors, his friend was... Um, Oh, what's what are these really hardcore um, events that they do? Oh, ultras. Yes, yeah. yeah. He was an ultra runner, mm. and um, he got long COVID. So this doctor <laughs> bent over backwards to you know to, and I in my practice I've dealt with several doctors, and not one of them has ever questioned long COVID. They've mm. all been incredible, yeah. which I do think is part of the yeah. process when you're actually believed. Yeah. Um, and I do feel sorry for a lot of people out there who've had symptoms vague symptoms mm. and haven't really got anywhere with them and they probably have got long covid and nobody's just been sort of fobbed off or well yeah potentially yeah. a lot yeah. of them come into the long covid clinic i'm in chester there they've just spent over backwards to look after everybody and mm. i and then i it, it has changed so many people's lives mm. and yeah. as you said some of them one of the guys i worked with i think he's gone on to recover fairly well yeah maybe not to his previous, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, physically we know what it does to you. Mm. You know, you've told us what it does to you physically, but mentally, how do you get? How does that, I mean, such a big question. But mentally, what does that do to you? I think because of my childhood and the fact that I've been able to move different places and different jobs, I have a really strong understanding that. If something's bad, it doesn't have to be that way. Yes. And it's yes. not going to continue being that way. Yeah. And so that's where my focus is. I get up every day and I'm like, it's got to be a new day. Yeah. Um, I have a massive donkey of a dog <laughs> who absolutely <laughs> is not going to uh, let me wallow in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I, about a year ago, I, I started with pain. And now I'm on a lot of painkillers, but I could barely walk. Mm. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't walk. I was in agony all the time. Just standing was like uh, standing on glass. So they think that um, one of my diagnoses is that I have a dysregulated nervous system. Mm. So it thinks I'm under duress. I think we've talked about um, when we did the course previously about fight and flight. Fight and flight yeah. Yeah. So my body, even if I. If if I'm very tired, I'm always in pain. But say I decided to maybe walk up to Asda and it's not a particularly good day 
I've got to Asda and I couldn't, I can't get home. Right. And it's a six minute walk for me. Yeah. And I've had to, I've had to phone friends and ask them to pick me up because I can't walk. My friend Nikki. Yeah. Um. So mentally, it's been really, really hard. Uh, you're trying to maintain your house. You're trying to maintain uh, some sort of semblance of being in the the society. You know, being yeah. part of society. And I, I, I've you know often thought, well, what's the point of me being here if I'm not participating in anything? Yeah, if I'm yeah. too tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, and it's not laughable at all, but I laugh because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> but too. I actually have gone through lots of mental health. I've, I've gone through uh, lots of counselling and everything. And the first thing they ask you is, you you know, have you ever thought of suicide? I said, yes. I said, but I'm too tired to do that's anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's going to happen. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, don't worry. But it is, it's a, you know, it has been a, a, a thought. It's like, why am I here in the grand scheme of things, if I can physically do nothing and I cannot yeah. participate and I'm too tired when I see friends and um, and that has improved. I do get big setbacks and when mm. I set back, I go back months. Because yeah. um, it's like your purpose, isn't it? And yes, all of a sudden yeah. Your purpose isn't there anymore. It's not there. And I can't, you know, I'm a nurse and that is a description of who you yes, are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And at the moment, I cannot nurse. Yeah. Um, and I think because I've got such an amazing collection of friends I mean they they've bent over backwards to help me so and important. I've got incredible family um but it's I think your friends are the family that you choose yeah and um they've just they've come around to my house they've cleaned the house they've helped me decorate um you feel a lot of love for your friends when you've got good friends like that yeah. so much love because they really are important they help me with my animals and i have actually got uh, a bone to pick with a pair of you okay oh <laughs> i have a very cute cat that i take out oh, in a backpack. <laughs> that's it that's a step up from the lead oh, and she and she she will go on the lead as well <laughs> Now you know what you've got to do. And she goes kayaking with me and everything. She is She sits on my shoulder and then she'll just snuggle in and she'll just look around. And I told her that... uh, I've I've never seen you walking around because we're from the same town, obviously. You're like Dora, but with a cat. Yeah. But I've got a Malinois, so I've got enough street cred to (laughs) put my cat on my shoulder. That's incredible. I love it. But yeah, you know, that, that, that... in my head, mentally, I've, I've fixed on that. Yeah. Um, and I've, I went to a long COVID clinic not long ago and I, and I felt very sorry for a lot of people because they were saying, I can't do this and I can't do that and I haven't got many friends and I don't want to burden my elderly parents and I don't want to do this. And um, when it came to me, I, I said, I've got uh, potentially another 45 years like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get better, yeah. uh, and if I don't get better, then I've got to make the best of what I've got. And I said I can't, uh, I can't be negative about the next. No. So I just have to rock with it. <laughs> and that's you know it. that's a really good mindset to have, though, mm. yeah. because you've you touched on this in one of our other podcasts. In fact, I think it was mine when you were interviewing me. Yeah. You said, "How is it? How have you not sort of gone hit rock bottom? Like gone down?" slippery slope when things go wrong you know yeah. when, when there's major life events that yeah. completely would you know it's massive trauma and shake-ups yeah but I think some of us just have that ability to just be like there's something more there's yeah. got to be something more and that's yeah. what you've got to focus on to well, pull yourself through it yeah it's that 
Buddhist thinking, isn't it, of living in the now? You know, the past is gone. Mm. Not nothing you can do about the past. Yeah. It is what it is. It's so that you can't yeah. change it, and the future's yet to be written. Yeah. yeah. So you can't make any assumptions about what that holds for you. All you can do is take the moment, the day, the time. And, and you have to believe, don't you, that it's going to get better. That's what you have to keep. I yeah. suppose keep hold of. And I try to remember, you know, the really bad days when I when I couldn't move and I couldn't get up my stairs. I was having to sit on the stair to move up. Mm. And I do get those days every so often where I just have to go to bed because I just don't function anymore. Mm. And I wake up and it's okay again. And those are the days that keep you going. And I've lived a pretty good life, so it's yes. not like I'm regretting. Like yeah. I should have done this and I should have done that, that. That whole life you had before this year yeah. is probably a life that many people wouldn't live. You know, you've lived a million yeah. lives, haven't you? Which is incredible. <laughs> but, but I think this that's in, amazing, and that probably does make oh. you think actually. Yeah, yeah, I've I can, done a lot. I, I can you've take lived, it, haven't you? Yeah. yeah, I can take a, a day or two just to yeah. sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I wonder also whether some yeah. of that is that life that you've had up to this point has kind of taught you that I, if I need to change, if I need to do something different, yeah. put on a new hat, yeah. I can absolutely do it mm. because I've done it plenty of times before. Mm-hmm. And yes. I wonder whether that is where your resilience comes from now. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I genuinely uh, look quite positively at my life and, and say, well, I, I've made a lot of things happen for yeah. myself. Um, and a lot of this has been taken out of my hands now. So, you know, I do have a, an element of brain fog because I was thinking, you know, could I, work in a, could I work in a factory? But I can't stand up for long periods of time. Mm. Uh, could I do this? But then my brain fog kicks in. So I was literally thinking, what on earth can yeah. I do? Yeah. So I just do some volunteering at the moment. And I do it in the council. They looked after me incredibly well. The uh, job centre and the council are in the same building. They've all been amazing with me. So I do some um, some volunteering there where I sit by a computer and if somebody comes in and they need to get on the housing register, uh, they can. And every person that's come in has had a medical background <laughs> and a medical reason for moving. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I can I help can you with that. Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> But it's given you a purpose again, hasn't it? Yes, and that's yeah. that and that's is what I needed. Thing, yeah, I needed that, and because um, I asked, I said, as long as you don't fatigue yourself too much, because you're you're obviously uh, still struggling a lot. I said mentally, I have to get out of that house. I need to get out yeah. of the four walls, mm. um, and I just want to be speaking to people. And if it fatigues me, I'll go to bed. It's not a problem. Mm. And if I struggle to walk home, then I'll wait, and then I'll wait till I feel better, or take some painkillers, and then I'll walk home. Um, but it gives me that, as you said, that just out talking to yeah. people and Connecting. feeling, yeah, yeah, feeling that I've got some sort of importance again. Yeah. Yeah. So. so what is, I suppose, in an ideal world, in any sort of world, what <gasps> is, what's next on Trass's adventure list? <laughs> Where... Go on, what's... Because yeah, I look at you and I think, or do you this not is know someone that's... Or do we not? Yeah, do you yeah, not? Do you okay not know? Too. Is it kind of like an open book? I well, speaking of books. <laughs> oh, it's it. There we go. I've been harassed, harassed by my friends. Said I've got to write a book on everything that has happened, and you know, even if just the two of you read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you write it, we'll put it out there on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've always got an appetite. Have space you started? Uh, I've got a, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a title, and um, it's called the COVID bump. Oh. Because 
uh, a lot of the times I'm so tired to wash my hair, it goes up in a bath. Yeah, she <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a messy bun. Put it in a little bit of dry yes. shampoo. And so it's called the COVID bun. Yeah. Amazing. And that's as far as I've got. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. can do this. Well, do you know what? We only started with a title, didn't we? We yeah. came up with the name of the show before we had the idea for yeah. it. And we kind of yeah. built it around that. And I... I That'll be really good be... to get stuck into. Because imagine like how yeah. interesting your life's been from day one. So you go right through. Okay. It's going to be incredible. Everybody knows it now. Oh, yeah. Three trillion <laughs> listeners. <laughs> all know. Yeah. They'll yeah, so if you think about... No spoilers here. No. <laughs> But I, I think, yeah, do it. So, yeah, I, I am just taking a step, at, like a day at a time. Yeah. Um, and that's the one thing I think I could do. Um, and everything else, I just have to see how I am on, on the day. Um, yeah. Holidays, different things. They exhaust me. Flying exhausts me. Everything exhausts me. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just see. And I, I'm trying to do... Um, and take myself out for a couple of hours just around uh, different places in Cheshire. I've always called it kind of gone Wales way, yeah, because yeah. I've got linked to Wales. But I'm trying to go a bit, uh, a bit more north, and um, took myself uh, for a few hours. A friend came up from London, and we went to Nutsford. Managed a couple of hours of nice. lunch and a look around. Went Love back Nutsford. to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just li- little adventures yeah. now. But yeah. There's nothing wrong with little adventures no, as long as no. they're adventures. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got to take, uh, I take the little wins now. Yeah, yeah. that's Which it, isn't I think it? is what's keeping me going. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And stuff. when you do write the book, <laughs> will you please come back on? Yeah. We'll still be going then, won't we, Mike? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're hoping I'm writing this book in the next like, year. come on now. Yeah, come on. Welcome to season yeah. 47. <laughs> yeah. You might remember. Kept it going. <laughs> Back in the early 21st That's century. That's very strange lady with a weird book. name and a weird accent has yeah. written her book. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who are still with us. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in. Oh. Um, everyone's going to, it's just been such an interesting chat, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Absolutely Thank remarkable. you so much for asking me. Trasic I was so Kearney. nervous. Thank <laughs> you. Know, it's been amazing. What a brilliant conversation that was. Mm, she was so good. Yeah. Just, she's fun. I yeah. knew it as soon as she walked in. Fun, got a sparkle in her yeah. eyes. And you can see, actually, because of how she is, how she has had that life. Yeah. Because she's one of them people where you're like, I like you. She probably grabs <laughs> yeah. life by the scruff yeah, of the neck. But she grabs your attention as well because she's just vivacious, isn't she? She's, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I honestly don't think, as much as she's had her struggles with, with long COVID, mm. She just strikes me as the sort of person that that's not going to get her down. No, she's getting stuff done. She is getting, she is getting yeah. stuff done, and I want to read that book. Yeah, as soon as that, as she, I'm going to keep prodding her. Like, get it done. Yeah, <laughs> do, it, do it in 2047. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it'll be incredible. Like yeah. the whole, the whole. I mean, we've only had snippets, haven't we, tonight for the podcast? But, oh, tiny amount, um, tiny amount to watch. You'll probably end up. Do you know, women them, like think. that really, really inspire me. Yeah. Just I. I have a real passion for people who take life by the balls. Yeah. And that's what she did. Yeah. Stands no mess and yeah. gets on with it. And just like takes a chance and has like a really interesting varied life because of it. Yeah. Doesn't settle. Yeah. And I know it's not for everyone. And I know that, you know, more of the population are for settling and doing a normal job and yeah. all those things. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But I have, a, I just love listening to people who are, who have just gone out and done stuff and seen the world or taken a different path. Yeah. 
Um, and do you know what? When we started this podcast, and that's what that's what we wanted to achieve with mm. this, wasn't it? Is let's talk to people with these lived experiences of just different lives of stuff yeah. that they do or they've done or whatever it might be. Yeah. Let's let's give them a stage, a platform. Yeah to talk about this stuff and yeah. every single one's probably stepped up to the plate Yeah, with that have. one happening which has just been incredible stepped out of the comfort zone in one way or another Yeah, um, whether it be through feeling like they had to because they wanted to help other people Yeah, or just because they're just thoroughly interesting people and they're like I'm going to go and do yeah. this and do that and it's just been brilliant and next season uh, is more of the same oh. all different but more of the same type of people yeah. who are just doing incredible stuff so at the start of this, I mean, we didn't know where this was going to go, whether we get another season out of it or whether mm-hmm. it would fall flat on its face. Mm-hmm. You were new to podcasting. Yeah, absolutely terrified. So how is it, now we're at the end of season yeah. one, it feels like the, you know, a little bit of a, a monumental moment. It does. How's it been for you? Well, do you remember on that very first video that we took on when you interviewed me for my podcast? Yeah. And um, you said, and then I'll do an out, and I'll ask you how, it, how you felt. And I went, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have absolutely loved every single moment of doing it. Every single moment. It's, it's like breathed new life into me. Yeah. And even after I did mine, and we were talking about before before, where I was like, oh, I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I might, can we pull it? Let's not pull it. And you were like, no, it's going out. It's... It really has like sparked something in me, yeah. Um, because I love talking to people and yeah. I love hearing about people's stories, yeah. Um, and I like doing it with you without blowing, you know, blowing your head up. <laughs> Thank but you. But I do because <laughs> we we have you know we have a good fun, don't we? We have good fun together. We love it. I mm. mean, we're, we're we're absolutely on the same page. Yeah. You know, my sister from another mister. <laughs> yeah, it feels exactly. like that, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it's. Yeah, it's been the best seven weeks. It's been the best seven weeks. And even though we're both dragging our arse in here, our five after a full day's work. Yeah, I've done a full day's yeah, tra- mental health training today. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's we're going to do the podcast. But you sit down, you turn on the microphone, you have your guest in front of you. Yeah. And then it's just like, hopefully magic happens. Yeah, and it has every time. Yeah. It's just been incredible. So I'm looking forward to this little break. Yeah, we're gonna, so we're going to have a little break, guys. We've got some incredible guests lined mm-hmm. up um, for the new year yeah. who we're going to sit down and chat with and interview. Um, we're back on the 18th. And we December. are back on, we, yeah, we're actually recording a Christmas special <laughs> on December the 18th that will go out Christmas week. Yeah. So we really hope you're going to... With footage. Uh, with, oh, yeah. <laughs> because we're filming in a we new room. We are filming, oh my word, yeah. I, I know we're going to be in a new room, a new space, it's it gonna is going to be, I don't want to do spoilers, no. but I think you're going to love it. Yeah. We've got some past podcast guests joining us yeah. and we're going to talk all things Christmas. Yeah. So do you know what, you know, for people out there listening now, if you've got stories to share about this, and I think we'll, we'll put it on put our on social things, channels. Yeah. Tell us about your. Yeah, we, we love a bit of nostalgia. We do. Yeah, tell Any us about weird your Christmases. Christmas traditions. Christmas traditions, mm. weird Christmas traditions. Yeah. Memories, toys you remember when you were a kid. Yeah. You know, Christmas dinners, whatever. All things. I'm, I, send I, it I, in. Yeah, send it in. Yeah, drop us a line. 
you know, we'd love to hear from you with yes. that one. Well, we're having yeah. a break. We'll try not to leave you yeah. <laughs> too alone. There'll be other stuff in going that time. On. There's other stuff for you to listen to. Mm. Plus, you never know what might happen in the meantime. Yeah. You never know. You might get. Well, to be honest, guys, if we survive the storm, I know, yeah, Debbie. Because I, I hope you caught everything in the last podcast. Uh, because we've got in the middle of hurricane, hurricane storm. Mm, it's not a hurricane, she's a storm, is it? Yeah. She's a storm. She's a stormy one. Storm wench. Debbie. Debbie. Storm Debbie. Sounds like somebody from the eighties. Yeah. Hello, my name's Storm Debbie. <laughs> I did think in the middle of our podcast, can you hear us? Because the rain was coming down. It was absolutely. So if there was any of that, apologies, but that's we, have, we can't do anything. We about can't do anything that, about yeah. it. That's nature. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, you, you dealt the hand and unfortunately we're under a tin roof, so. Mm-hmm. Hence why we're going to have a little, only a little move. Yes. Downstairs. Downstairs to a space which when you see the uh, the video and the photo, <laughs> you're going to go absolutely, absolutely. Just classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely classic. So do join us for the rest of the episodes we've got coming out yeah. here, Christmas episodes. And, you know, with that, we'll see you in the new year. We will. Take care, everyone. for listening to i don't know much but please subscribe and rate wherever you get your podcasts it really does help a big thank you to hazel tara and all the staff at safety central if you get the chance to go and visit them please do your hosts were michael jones and carrie ann stevens production was by michael jones the theme music is into the beginning by Hartsman. this has been a wolfstock production for the acast creator network